What's going on? Welcome to another episode of Millennial Moguls on the Move, the podcast created by millennials for the millennial who received their college degree, walked off stage, got to the bottom of the steps, looked at that piece of paper and said, now what? I am your host, Shireen Hemingway. Mogul friends, what is going on in the world what in the world is going on? I feel like everything that was supposed to be shaken and removed in 2020 is getting broken all the way off in this season. Let me tell you about it. How are y'all taking care of yourself during a time where self-care is the absolute most important? Joining me today, I can't think of a millennial mogul more equipped to talk about this topic more than our co-host. She is a Kansas City native where she was very active in the sport of gymnastics. Upon graduating high school, she attended Southeast Missouri State University on a gymnastics scholarship where she graduated with her bachelor's of science degree in exercise science. During her free time, she enjoys spending time with her family and being active in her community. She is blessing us with a stop on her book tour to introduce her debut novel, The Gift of Ruin, How Conquering Your Pain Will Lead to Your Purpose. Amen. This is a powerful memoir that will empower women to boldly embark on a journey of purpose and healing. Millennial Moguls on the Move, please join me in welcoming our co-host, Dr. Allison Ezell. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show, good sis. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Oh, man. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today on this yes, good day of August. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, sis, what is happening on your side of the coronavirus street? Are you still quarantining? Uh, no, and I actually never did it. Um, so I'm a doctor of chiropractic, and so pretty much we were on the front lines. Mm. Um, and so for the first couple months, we did not have masks, you know, um, the gloves and all that kind of stuff. We were still touching, seeing patients, 60 or so patients a day. So, um, you know, at the beginning, I was a little fearful about the coronavirus just because of the media and all that kind of stuff but I kind of I'm not the one to like watch tv and the news all the time but I it's like you didn't really know how serious it was but as the months went on um you just started to see how much fear uh, propaganda and marketing they put you know in social media the tv the radios and everything like that um so I kind of started to change my mindset about it as well. the fear so. the fear is a lot larger um or, or making the the case of corona a lot larger than it is i'm not saying corona isn't um this scary and big deal as far as viruses go um but fear does play a significant factor in how 2020 has been shaped and and still forming uh definitely yeah absolutely absolutely and so um to me, this is not the year to be afraid. This is the year, you know, to take control, take the reins. Like, it's 2020. Like, what's your vision? Like, what do you want for the future? What are your goals? Like, instead of focusing on that, you know, redirect your focus onto your purpose and, and what you're trying to do here on this earth. So, 
So good, Dr. Allison. Um, since I have been quarantining hard, I want to appreciate you being <laughs> an essential worker, being on the front line. I know that's not an easy task, and it takes a mm -hmm. special type of heart to, to get up every day um, and be on the front line. So for that, thank you um, for your mm -hmm. service during this yes, time. Um, for me, I, I'm, I feel like I have, I started this, this journey going into quarantine of, of trying to, you know, really just break free of some of the things that were holding me back or that I felt weren't helping me to, to push forward. Um, and I, I've gotten to the point to where I almost don't recognize this new charade in a good way um, <laughs> because 2020 has really forced me to recreate myself in ways unimaginable. Um, and I love it. So I love this new charade. I'm going into my 30th birthday is the beginning of next year. Hopefully that's going to change the course in 2021. But when I step into 30, hopefully on the islands of Maldives, I'm mm. celebrating a new charade. That's what we're doing in 2021. All right. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Ooh, child. Uh, but jumping into today's show, Dr. Allison, we're about to have some fun. Are you ready for this? Yes, ma'am. All right, let's get it. There are a few topics that I like to discuss, and I'm going to bring you in. So this first segment on the show is called Woo Child, honey. This is a <laughs> moment for us to dig into some trending <laughs> topics. <laughs> this is a moment for us to dig into some trending topics that are happening in culture and society that forces us to take a moment to say, Woo Child. Co-host, would you like to say it with me? Woo child. Mm, you you a pro at it. You're going to do all right in this segment. I love it. <laughs> My first woo child candidate. Google has decided to take a big step to further ensure the health and safety of its employees with a major announcement. The tech giant recently confirmed its plans to officially extend the company's work from home option for all employees until July 2021. July 2021, mm -hmm. as, <laughs> as reported by CNN, Google has announced its plans to let all employees continue to work from home for the next year. Google previously stated that the work from home option will be extended through the end of this year. However, with COVID-19 cases continuing to surge, Continuing to surge, y'all out here partying in the streets. The decision has been considerably extended. Wow. The only mm -hmm. comment I have when I read this co-host is that uh, Google needs to call my software engineer job and tell them <laughs> to follow suit. <laughs> because I know a lot of uh, companies are actually, you know, uh, doing that, which I don't think that's a bad idea, especially if they're able to keep people employed and keep them working, you know? Because um, even with my job, we've, we don't have that option, really, of, uh, to the capacity that Google has to send people home and allow them to still be employed. So, you know, some people have lost their jobs, even at, you know, the company that I work for. So, hey, if they can do it and people can still stay employed and do what they need to do, hey, I'm all for it. Absolutely. I mean, especially for me in the IT industry, as long as I have a computer and internet connection, you don't mm -hmm. really, you don't physically need me in a building ever. Um, right. And I think that this is definitely a season where companies can no longer say you can't work from home. You, you can't say it anymore yeah. because we've been doing it for eight months. No excuses, right? <laughs> in the words of my forever president, Barack Obama, whose birthday today, happy birthday. 
Yes, we can. Woo child. Yes, we did. Yeah. <laughs> All right, moving right along. This next Wu child gave me a gift I didn't even ask for. Millennial mogul friends. The wait is finally over. Netflix just announced that some of our favorite black sitcoms will officially be available for streaming. I'm going down this list. Y'all pay attention. Sister, Sister, <laughs> Moesha, Girlfriends, The Game, 101, The Parkers, and Half and Half are all dropping over the next few months. Co-host, Netflix got it right this time. <laughs> yeah, they did. I actually, um, The Game, that used to be my show, you know. Before the Parkers. It was my show. Yeah, Before it yeah. went to the it was definitely my show. <laughs> yeah, and grew up with Moesha and all that. So, so yeah, that's awesome. I'm definitely a fan of Netflix. I actually uh, want to start looking into getting some stocks or investing in it as well. So, yeah. Now, when I looked at this list uh, initially, the Petty Betty in me gave Netflix a little shady side-eyed when I saw the Parkers because I could have sworn they're in some legal battle with my good sis Monique. Uh, we ain't gonna oh, get yeah. That well, that's actually, that's going forward, I think. I think they're gonna... Uh, continue that so yeah man get double coins sis i'm I'm here for <laughs> i cannot wait to rewatch every last one of these episodes trust me i am going to watch every last one of these episodes co-host <laughs> which is your favorite show i would have to say so i'm not a big fan of tv so you won't get me to sit down and watch some things but i'm telling you like back in the day the game i was i mean that was my that was my Season one through three is like, I know there's no other show that can compare to the game season one through three. I tell you, them other episodes, yeah. we don't really claim them around here, but those first three that came out with, with the CW, powerhouse. Loved it. Yeah. Every yeah. Bit of it. Uh, let me look through this list and see which one. All of the girlfriends, I look at this stuff. Um, hands down, my favorite show here was probably one-on-one um because growing up i always felt so close to kyla pratt and mm. i just feel like my sis never got the credit she deserved for her contribution to a lot of our childhoods yeah. um, from one-on-one to the proud family to fat albert to dr doolittle like i love me some kyla pratt so thanks netflix for 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 put me back in my 12 year old self again love it yeah and what's interesting about her i feel like she's always been like solid like she's never changed like who she is or who she was you know you don't see my sis in the news and i appreciate no that. exactly right right love it love it love it yeah yeah <laughs> next up on the woo child train is this post that says south carolina has a certain part of the day where the air condition can't even compete with the heat. And I don't say that lightly, guys. As a native of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, I have never read a statement more true in my life. It gets so hot in the Carolinas over here, y'all, that there are times where I will opt out to pay an expensive delivery fee to avoid leaving my house. I am not joking. <laughs> Co-host, have you ever experienced this Carolina heat? It's different. I've never been to South Carolina, but I didn't know it got that hot. Now, I know, like, when people ask me, like, from back home, like, what's the temperature in Texas? I'm like, hot. <laughs> like, it's just hot all day, every day, you know, especially in the summertime. So, yeah, but I've never been to South Carolina. I have traveled all around the world. I've been to Dubai. 
I've been to, I lived in Texas for three weeks. I say lived in Texas because I felt like I was, I was never going to leave, but I was there for three weeks. And mm -hmm. the humidity in the Carolinas is just different. But the crazy thing is, I don't know if it's even an East Coast thing because 2020 had just showed out. Uh, Millennial mogul friends, what kind of sun showed up for summer 2020? They didn't get the memo, we're not going outside like that. It is literally <laughs> right now, right now, it is almost 80 degrees and it's not even noon yet. <laughs> So that only tells you that the day is just going to take off. Mm -hmm. I don't like and, it. And even though it's so hot out, we still need to get out there and get in that sun. Because you know we are tropical people. So get out there, get that vitamin D, you know, and that helps with boosting your immune system too. So I know people don't like the heat. They don't want to sweat. But hey, get out there and get you some. <laughs> well, you, you guys heard it first from Dr. Allison. But make sure you get some water because anything like me, I will pass out if my body comes <laughs> a little too hot. Uh, I'm going, I'm going to see if I can fry egg tomorrow. Um, Cause I believe I can. Cause one day it was like one Oh five when I got in my car and the leather oh, wow. seats were so hot. I had like a red mark on my leg. It is just different. I don't like it. Make it make mm -hmm. sense. Woo child. Mm -mm -mm. Our next woo child. This is the woo child of the day for me. Last weekend, you guys know I'm on this weight loss journey and I don't eat sweets like that. But my spirit told me you need some you need some sugar today. So I started craving this cookout milkshake. I went to cookout, sat in line, got my milkshake. Everything was all right. As I was sitting at the light trying to enjoy my strawberry milkshake, I began to feel this pain in my jaw. And it took every fiber in my being to pull that strawberry goodness through that plastic straw. Co-host, have you ever had a cookout milkshake? Uh, I don't, what is a cookout milkshake? Oh, <laughs> and I, maybe, maybe it's cookout at East Coast thing. So there's a restaurant. It might be. It, it might be. be. <laughs> okay. I, oh, I'm sorry. Well, you need to come to the Carolinas and try cookout. Okay. So, <laughs> there is a restaurant chain. It's called cookout, like in your backyard. Oh, okay. Yep. So you go that they have the best milkshakes in the world, but they're also known for having some of the thickest milkshakes in the world. So as <laughs> I was, as I was drinking this cookout milkshake or trying to at least, cause it only gets like halfway through the straw and you got to put all your force to get the rest out. The Smoothie King count. Do you have Smoothie King? In oh, the we, we have Smoothie King and clean juice. Okay. Oh, I love clean juice. Oh my gosh. But a uh, Smoothie King, if I had to compare it, maybe it might be a little bit similar because they they make theirs pretty thick too. That peanut butter <laughs> one, that peanut butter one to take you, it'll take your your neck muscle to get a little strain. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I like I'm not a big fan of milkshakes just because I'm not a huge fan of dairy during the day. Um, mm -hmm. and, and for those who are lactose intolerant, understand when I say that. But I did, I was craving that cookout milkshake that day. And when I say my jaws were intensely sore by the time I got halfway through that cup, those things, <laughs> they, they put all the ice cream in it. Woo. Right. Wow. Our next Woo Child candidate. Uh, anybody know the name Mackenzie Scott? What about Mackenzie uh, Scott Bezos? Sounds familiar? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ex-wife to the richest man in the world, Jeff Bezos. For those who missed our last episode, Jeff Bezos, the CEO of Amazon, is currently worth $181 billion. Billion with a B. Mm -hmm. 
But his ex-wife, my good sis, Mackenzie Scott, announced that she has donated $1.7 billion to charity with over $20 million going to HBCUs. In a medium post, Scott listed Hampton University, Howard University, Morehouse College, Spelman College, Tuskegee University, and Xavier University as institutions that received a generous contribution. While some schools have acknowledged the donation but have yet to disclose the amount, Tuskegee President Dr. Lily D. McNair reported the $20 million gift. Woo, child. Co host, <laughs> my sister Mackenzie out here cutting checks. She is. I see. I see. Um, I think it's awesome that uh, she donated to, you know, HBCUs. I, I've never gone to an HBCU because they don't have gymnastics team, but I've always wanted to experience like that environment, you know, but that, I mean, that's awesome. That's good. Same. Um, so I went to Winthrop University in Rock Hill, South Carolina and not HBCU. And so I, and we don't have a football team. So I spent a lot of time <laughs> at HBCUs definitely during the football season um, and just the atmosphere of the band and homecoming and, and everything that went around it. I always felt like that was the one thing in college that I missed but I wouldn't trade my experience at Winthrop for the world. Uh, to my good sis, Mackenzie Scott, I will say this, and then I'll leave that on that. Um, whatever your reasoning was behind this beautiful gesture, to these campuses, to these universities, to these colleges, guys, like this is real money that can make a real difference on these campuses. So with that being said, Mackenzie Scott, we love to see it to these universities as quarantine. We don't know what life looks like as far as education go, whether it's virtual or in person, but I hope that this donation will help uh, to keep your staff, um, you know, getting their salaries and to keep your campus uh, alive and well. So we love it. Our last Wu Chow candidate is a great, 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 great segue for today's topic. There is a debate going around comparing Angela Bassett versus Halle Berry movies. And it's really a split decision, co-host, depending on who you're talking to. Dr. Allison, which actress are you choosing? And what is your favorite movie from their catalog? Um, I'm choosing Angela Bassett. Um, I can Tina. <laughs> What's love, love got to do with it? Yes, she played Tina Turner better than Tina Turner played Tina Turner. What? Yes, <laughs> definitely with you. I will always pick my sorrow. I will always pick my good sis, Auntie Angela Bassett, for so many reasons. I do love mm-hmm. Halle Berry, um, but Angela Bassett, she just does it for me. At sixty-one years of age. My good sis is still slaying these streets with a body that will stun on any 20-year-old you put next to her. She's definitely like goals as I age and become wiser. So yeah, definitely. (laughs) If I can look half that good at 29, I would be doing all right. Sis is killing the game out here. Um, Mm -hmm. Not only that, not only does she have a body that will stop traffic, but the work of body and the range of characters in her catalog is awing. How Stella got her groove back. What's love got to do with it? Malcolm X, Mission Impossible, Betty and Coretta, The Simpsons, Waiting to Exhale. And the <laughs> best of all, honey, she is the queen mother of Wakanda on Black Panther. My sis takes the crown every single time in this debate, or any debate, uh, to be honest. But love it, love it, love it. I'm going Angela Bassett. I think we're on the same <laughs> <thing>. Yeah. <laughs> 
right. Speaking of one of my favorite moves of all time, let's jump into today's topic. In a moment of transparency, Millennial Mogul friends, your girl has really been going through it. Um, I feel like I am finally at a point to where I can simply breathe again. Um, This pandemic started off feeling like a form of suffocation for me. And a couple of weeks ago, when I was asked to describe 2020 with a movie title, the only movie that stuck was Waiting to Exhale, which is why that is the topic for today's episode, Waiting to Exhale. Dr. Allison Azale, have you found your moment of exhale, of exhale in 2020? Um, yeah, it was at the beginning of this year. Um, I went through a, a dramatic life change last year. I went through a divorce, not something that I particularly wanted, but I felt like I needed to get out of that environment in order to grow and be the person, the woman, the doctor um, that I know it can be. And so um, this past year, you know, I've had to unlearn, you know, things that I learned growing up from school, society, you know, family and everything. And I've had to relearn. And so at the same time, I had to like take it easy on myself. I had to exhale, like everything's going to be okay. You know, you're going through this process for a reason. Um, It's a journey. Take your time and everything's going to be all right. So yeah, I definitely had um, a moment, if you could say, where I needed to exhale. (laughs) Wow. I'm glad you found it. That's, I think that's the most, uh, the best part of these testimonies that we found these exhale moments. So, so Mm -hmm. good. So So Dr. Allison, let's dig more into this beautiful book of yours, The Gift of Ruin, How Conquering Your Pain Will Lead to Your Purpose. What made you think of the plot of this book? Well, it's not necessarily a plot. It's just, you know, the journey into womanhood that I have experienced, you know, from my experiences. Um, And I just wanted to, you know, tell my story. I'm a firm believer in that success always leaves clues. And so I want people to learn from my mistakes. I don't want people to waste time and, you know, spend years upon years making mistakes when they can learn from somebody else and get further a lot sooner, you know? Um, like I said, I've had to unlearn a lot of things that I thought were right, you know, that society teaches us. And um, I also learned a lot about myself throughout this book, a lot of self-reflection happened, you know, the bad things that I've done, um, my flaws and character traits. And, and so, yeah, it's, it's been definitely been a journey. So. Okay. What's uh, one experience that you've gone through um, that you could help a, one of our viewers to say, Hey, I went through it. Here's, here's my advice. So you don't have to go through it. Okay, so I would definitely say um, the divorce. Um, The biggest thing with that is I felt like it could have been, I guess, prevented if we were more proactive. And that's something that I I preach to my patients all the time. Like, don't wait until you get the headaches to come get an adjustment. Don't wait until you have the neck pain, the back pain, because by then the, the problem is already there. And I think we need to take that same attitude when it comes to relationships and marriages. But within our culture, you know, going out and getting help from therapists, counseling, um, it's not very, it's not received very well Mm -hmm. from a lot of people. I think that narrative is changing now, 
which is awesome. But I wish more couples, more people would be proactive in, in that sense of it, if that makes sense. Perfect. I think that can, that can save a lot of us, you know, from divorce. And, you know, I think we have the highest divorce rate according to the statistics. And, you know, we've been through a lot as a culture, you know, from slavery and everything else. And so we're still dealing with that subconsciously post-traumatic slave disorder. And then put on top of that, the things that we saw growing up, um, the relationships around us, how we were raised, like all that affects us. And then we take all that baggage and then we decide to become one with somebody else who hasn't self-reflected and thought about that stuff too. And then we try to build this life and we wonder why things don't go right because we haven't built the foundation and we haven't healed. That's beautiful. Uh, continuing going on with that thought, how important are works of literature like yours during a time like this? Um, I think it's important. Um, memoirs are good for you so you can learn from people's stories and, and from their mistakes. But to be honest, I think the more important types of books would be, uh, of course, fiction, but more like personal development, I guess you could say, which I do have some of that in my book. Okay. Um, and one thing that I've learned from, you know, successful people is that they are constantly growing. They are constantly changing. They are constantly reading. If you look at all the successful, you know, billionaires, Jeff Bezos, guess what they get up and do every single day? They pick up a book and they read, you know, they stay on top of that. And so that's one thing that I would definitely want to encourage people to start doing. And I, and, you know, in our culture, growing up, we use reading as a punishment. You know, you get in trouble going there and pick up a book and read, you know, wow. what I mean? that's a word. You and, said something just now. Yeah. And so, but other cultures, they use it to get ahead. And then we wonder why we can't get ahead. It's because all the information that they have, or even the information that they're using against us, guess what? It's in these books. So I, I learned the value of reading at a very young age. Um, growing up, I didn't come from a lot of money. So books was my escape. That was my, va- that was my family vacations in the summer when my friends went to Disney World. I would read right. the adventures of Harry Potter and, and Matilda and everything else. And so uh, absolutely reading is one thing that no matter what I do in life at 22 years old in corporate America, how people were in awe of how I can stand in front of a room of, you know, 40 year old you know, men and talk like I've lived for that long. And I was like, it's because I watch movies and I read books and I listen to audio books. And when somebody who is in a place where I'm trying to get, instead of me talking, I be quiet and I listen. That's why I can have mm-hmm. a conversation the way I can. That's awesome. Yep. And that's a lot of things to uh, communication is huge. Uh, we have to be able to pick up our communication and you want to be able to communicate with anybody. You want to be able to talk to somebody on the street. You want to be able to go into a boardroom and talk to 50 CEOs with no problem, you know, and, and books help us to attain those words and help us to increase our communication. Absolutely. Uh, so when, when readers pick up this book, cause they will, and when the line is wrapped around the building, because it will be, uh, <laughs> what is three things that you want your readers to take away from the gift of ruin? Um, no matter what you're going through, say, take this 2020, for instance. Yes, it's been like something after something after something. It's just one thing after another. And it's all negative, you know. But what's the positive that comes out of it? You know, there's always a silver lining. 
in the cloud. And like I said before, like we have so many negative things and so many situations that happen to us, turn around and say, okay, good, good, right? So it's not, it's not a loss. What is the lesson that can be learned from it? There's it's, always a lesson, always. That might be another episode. It's not a loss, it's a lesson. That's good, Dr. Allison. I love mm-hmm. it. I love it. Uh, all right. So get your shameless plug in. Tell the people when they can get the book, where they can get the book, and how they can get your book. <laughs> so if you follow me on uh, social media, so for instance, Instagram is at Dr. Allison Ezel, and I actually have the link to my book in the link in my bio. Um, if you also follow me on Facebook, it is Allison Ezel DC, and I also have the link on there as well. love it millennial moguls pause this podcast episode right now go and get my good sis book order it today you will not be disappointed love it love it love it uh let's learn a little bit more about this phenomenal woman smiling at me on this interview i'm having such a great time (laughs) with you today can you tell the viewer just a little bit more about yourself your background tell them what makes you phenomenal um To be honest, okay, so you already talked about the gymnastics and everything. So I've always been a real disciplined person, and I do owe that to gymnastics. Like, um, I can be very one-track minded. I guess that can be a good thing for some areas and a bad thing for others, (laughs) like a marriage, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, But I really, I've I've always been like a disciplined person, and I kind of think that puts me ahead of uh, a lot of other people. I'm able to you know, tune out distractions and things like that. But the biggest thing I would have to say that even I've learned about myself over this past year is I don't follow the crowd. And I think there's power in that. I think it takes a certain type of person to not do what everybody else is doing. And that's hard because you're going to stand out. You're going to get judged. People are going to talk about you. People are going to say you're crazy and all these types of things. But if if everybody's going right, I'm going to go left. (laughs) <laughs> you know yeah, I'm gonna um, be over there if every, with you. <laughs> yeah, if everybody's living like the 99% of Americans I want to live like the 1% what are they doing I need to study what they are doing I want to be like them you know so I'm a big fan of not following um, the majority so beautiful beautiful uh, when and how did you become interested in writing when um you know, I have a list of goals that I have written down, and I knew last year, or actually over the past couple of years, that I wanted to write a book. Um, and so 2020, like, it was just, like, perfect. 20, 2020 vision, like, <laughs> what's, what are the goals and everything like that? And so mm-hmm. it just, it was just perfect timing. Part, you know, going through the divorce, and like I said, I wanted people to learn from my mistakes. Um, so they don't have to, to, to make the same ones, you know, so. So going more on your uh, pub- publishing journey, we have a, a lot of uh, author mogul listeners. Uh, can you shine light on your publishing experience? It's really been smooth sailing. Like this is my first book. Um, I'm working with a publishing company, so they're handling a lot of things for me, which I'm very grateful for that because I would not want to do that, especially with not having any experience. So like I said, it's been a, a really good experience. I have no complaints whatsoever. 
Yeah, I, I, I kind of am in the boat with you. I work with a really great company, out of, publishing company out of Atlanta. And my experience, I was like, they did everything. When I, they gave me a, a perfect product at the end of the day, overwhelmed, uh, loved it, beautiful. And so when I hear authors talk about their journey, that was tough. I'm, my heart breaks. I'm like, can I, let me, let me connect you with who I work with. Because, I mean... <laughs> They encouraged me to just keep writing. I had known, you know, I didn't think this was going to be a full-time career. And now I'm like, I'm writing two books at the same time, just because I'm so excited um, to continue publishing books with my name on it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Definitely keep going. I actually want to do um, a vegan cookbook, hopefully within the next couple of months. So that's the next project I want to work on. So let me, let me yeah, we're going, we're going, I'm going to follow up. We're going to work on something. I like that. Okay. <laughs> Dr. Allison, I I can't get enough of talking about you. I do want you to keep plugging in this book. Today has been amazing. Really quick, let the people know one more time where they can get their copy of The Gift of Ruin so that when they get off this podcast, they're going to buy it. <laughs> if you go to my Instagram at Dr. Allison Ezel, uh, Dr. A-L-I-S-O-N-E-Z-E-L-L, on Instagram, I have the link in my bio. And if you follow me on Facebook as well, my Facebook is Allison Ezel, A-L-I-S-O-N-E-Z-E-L-L, comma, D-C. Love it, love it, love it. This interview has been amazing. Our viewers are going to go out and support you. I have no doubt about it. And I cannot wait to see the success you have coming your way in the very near future. Love it. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, guys, our last segment of the show is called Millennial Crush Mogul or Pound MCM. This is a part of the show where we like to shout out millennial moguls who are doing amazing things that have a positive impact on our society and culture. Our first Millennial Crush Mogul goes to my good sis, Issa Rae. HBO's hit show Insecure has secured eight Emmy nominations for the 2020 award show. A round of applause and standing ovation is in order for HBO's Insecure. The entire team, cast, writers, directors, and more for this last season of Insecure was amazing. Co-host, did you see season four? Oh, you didn't watch TV, but have, did you know? So, so, so I didn't see season four, but I, I watched this when it first came out and I was hooked. Like, it was so, so good. But then, you know, I had to turn the TV off and I had to get down to business and, <laughs> you know, so. But it, it was, she's, she's awesome. I, I loved it. I will urge you, when you find time, tune in to season four. Uh, throughout the show, seasons one through three, I feel like the audience, has grown with each character um, and we've expressed both um, admiration and discernment respectfully depending on what was going on um, but there was something about season four that was just so magical when watching Insecure I felt like this season really elevated the show to a new stratosphere and the only word to sum up the entire season four of Insecure is just truth so to my sister, good sis, Issa Ray, please, please, please keep working, keep hustling. I am looking up to you and I cannot wait to see how you continue to break barriers for women like me. I love every single word about this post. Congratulations, Issa, on an amazing and amazing achievement. 
Our next millennial crush mogul goes to Billboard Poppy, Champagne Poppy, Mr. Drake himself. Drake has officially the most top 10 hits in Billboard's Hot 100 charts history. The history of Billboard's Hot 100 charts. Thanks to his most recent collabs with DJ Cali, another one. <laughs> DJ Cali featured Drake on his songs Pop Star and Grease, which both debuted on the Hot 100's charts at numbers three and eight, respectfully. These entries totaled Drake's top 10 Billboard hits to 40, surpassing Madonna, who previously held the top spot with 38 songs. Drake has 21 entries as the lead artist and 15 as a feature artist, still putting him above any artist in the 62-year history of Billboard's Hot 100 Top 10s. Here's a list of some of the other artists that are included on this list. These are some powerhouses. You got Madonna. <laughs> You got the Beatles, you got Rihanna, Elvis Presley, Michael Jackson, and Taylor Swift. Drake, we love to see it. Keep pushing barriers and boundaries. Stay on top of this music industry. Make history. I love every bit of that. <laughs> Our next millennial crush mogul goes to Mr. Kyrie Irving for supporting the WNBA players who are fighting for social injustice. According to AP News, Kyrie Irving is committing $1.5 million to supplement the income of players who choose not to play this upcoming basketball season, whether because of coronavirus concerns or social injustice reasons. Irvin will use funds from the KAI Empowerment Initiative. The initiative is also said to provide players with a financial literacy program. He stated, whether a person decided to fight for social justice, play basketball, focus on mental or physical health, or just simply stay connected with their families, this initiative can hopefully support their priorities and decisions. Wow, oh wow. If I did not love you before, I love you even more. Kyrie Irving, we're so proud of you, man. <laughs> Our last millennial crush mogul candidate, Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver Marquise Goodwin is not playing when it comes to the health and safety of his wife and baby girl. He announced that he is opting out of the 2020 NFL season due to coronavirus concerns and opened up about why the subject hits home for him. Marquise revealed that his beautiful wife, Morgan, suffered multiple miscarriages in the past before they had their baby girl, Marae. This right here, this is the reason, y'all, said Marquise, about his daughter, Marae, as his wife held her up to the camera. She is the reason I'm opting out for the season. After choosing football so many times, I feel like I'm inclined to make the right decision by choosing my family first. Co-host, that one. That is. That's awesome. That. <laughs> oh, man. Black man, black husband, black father, Marquise Goodwin, you have done something that few daughters have ever experienced from the man they call dad. What you did is you stood in front of the world and you put your daughter first. Marquise, may this football season that you sit out bring you more fortune than you could ever gain by stepping on that field. I am declaring that. Wow, we definitely, definitely love to see it. To all of our millennial crush moguls this week, keep being amazing and continue to be trailblazers who redefine the word phenomenal.
right, good people. So to wrap up the show, man, Dr. Allison, thank you, thank you, thank <laughs> you for helping me co-host today's episode of Millennial Moguls on the Move. Are there any last shout outs you'd like to give? Uh, I want to give a shout out to you. Thank you for having me. This is an awesome podcast. Um, and I can't wait to hear the other episodes you've had too. So that's Check awesome. Thank you. Thank you uh, 10 episodes in. You got 10 episodes to hang out with us before we get to you. <laughs> All righty. All right. Tell the people again where they can find you on social media and plug that book in one more time, sis. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at Dr. Allison Ezel, A-L-I-S-O-N-E-Z-E-L-L. Also on Facebook at Allison Ezel, DC. You can also check out my website is drallison.co. Love it. Love it. Love it. Millennial moguls on the move. When you get a chance. In the next 30 seconds when this episode is over, please, please, please go support my good sis, The Gift of Ruin. Go to her website. DrAllison.co. DrAllison.co. I want to make sure I got <laughs> that right. Go check out my good sis. And while you're, once you finish buying her book, you checked it out, you got on Instagram, you went to follow her. I'll ask you to do one more thing. To our listeners, please go follow us on Instagram at Millennial Moguls Podcast. Again, it's Millennial Moguls Podcast. And we're on Facebook and Twitter at M Moguls Podcast. M Moguls Podcast. Again, I am your host, Shireen Hemingway. Be safe, wash your hands, take a stand, and I can't wait to chat with you guys next time. Bye.